Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 142 of the Live Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And I apologize. I actually had some vacation time. Speaking of it in Toronto, I was a little sick. So I'm about a half a week behind. So thanks for being patient. And I brought my friend Logan Dubay back. And Logan is the director of education at the PPSC, which has been really cool to see. And you're one of my speakers at my event, the Evolve Strength Business and Coaching Conference, October 13th and 14th here in Edmonton. I want to talk about that after, but first, welcome back. So <laughs> thanks so much, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be with you at any point, live or virtual or mm -hmm. in a class or in a session or whatever. So yeah, that's a pleasure. We've gotten to hang out a few times because, you know, we first met, got connected through John Rusin, PPSC stuff. You did a course here. You've done two here. Uh, I, I saw mm -hmm. you a second time. Uh, we spoke together at the Inland Empire Fitness Conference 2022, Tim's event, which is sadly now defunct. So a lot of the people who frequent that one are actually coming to mind, especially the Macros Inc. crowd. And actually, shit, it's been a hundred episodes since I've had you on, actually, which is crazy to think about. So look at that. You're a busy man. And you've been busy. A lot's changed. So you got married. I did. Yes. Uh, you left one of your roles. The, from the last time we were talking, you now, again, fully assumed the role as director of education within PPSC. What else? What's going on? Well, so the, the really fun thing about working with the PPSC team, it's been just over a year that I've been full time uh, with them. Um, and I, I feel like I've sort of focused heavily on different things over the course of even just the year. So I would say one of the absolute consistent things about my Ugh, very long now career in fitness has been that about every year, I feel like I'm doing something very different. Um, and the, and the work that I've been doing with the PPSC team is sort of staying on track with that. And I think it's one of the things that's really cool about fitness. You can be a fitness professional in so many different ways. And where I, I sort of look at one of the one of the needs in your professional work is to always be growing, learning, developing, getting challenged, um, finding new skills that you need to learn, right? I think fitness is, a, is an industry that kind of makes that a mandate, right? So um, I, I sort of started uh, working with them mostly around just teaching maybe every other month or um, a couple times a year. And that turned into teaching a whole lot more often. Um, and then I started looking at, you know, at the point where Monday to Friday, I was paying attention to, to PPSC stuff as well as, as weekends, I started looking at sort of beyond the course, like, you know, if I'm a trainer and I go to a 16 hour certification, I'm going to get this waterfall of information. I'm going to get inundated with, you know, a lot of really, really cool stuff. And then what makes it into Monday morning or Wednesday afternoon or the week after that, you know, maybe 10 or 15%. Um, and so then how as, a, how as a team do we provide the opportunity for trainers to be able to do more than just 10%? So post-course resources and articles and video content. And, and like, there's, there's a layer, Andrew, to my job now, which has always been part of my job. I think I'm a detailed person. So I, I work for someone who has a big vision and then I'm a detailed person. And I think a little bit of what's been really cool is just to take my experience with brand new trainers, brand new clients, brand new systems, brand new businesses even, um, and kind of put in a layer of what seems like redundancy to, to people who know what they're doing, but it's really crucial for people that are just getting started. They're just getting into the system. Um, and so... Honestly, I've been sitting at this desk doing a bunch of stuff on, on the computer, and it's been really awesome to have a, a boss and a team that says, no, you know what, that has a ton of value, go and do that, right? It's not directly related to revenue, it's not directly related to exposure and, and some of the things that um, maybe the majority of, of work gets focused on, but I think it's really important, and I think it's created some really cool opportunities for the people we serve, right, our coaches, but then also just being able to see the need for doing different things and kind of exploring different projects. I think it's kind of come from just that ability to look at the details and, and slow down a little bit, right? We say slow down to speed up um, in a lot of our mentorship stuff. So I don't know that that's new, but it's, it's a new avenue to be doing the thing that I think um, is valuable and, and it's been cool to put it all together. 
there's a bunch of stuff in here that I, I like this because then it gives you a bunch of places to play around. One of the things that I've noticed is I, I spend time in different ecosystems in the industry, but there are coaches who tend to exist within one ecosystem. The Renaissance periodization community, very strong community, and a lot of the people within it are quite successful. The prescript muscle doc Jordan shallow community. He's one of the speakers at our event as well. Uh, they're very strong. And I see a lot of successful coaches there. PPSC people, they become PPSC people. They become part of this community and, you know, people use language like tribes or what have you, but I got a feeling that there's a strong sense of support from the community. Now people also self-select to these environments. And I think there's actually something to this. I mean, hell CrossFit has always done this really well. But I think there are different communities. Now, sometimes some of those communities and methodologies can come with sort of an ideology and that can get taken a bit too far. But what I'm noticing with PPSC is you guys are, you guys started out as teaching the basic certification, but you guys are doing business course, uh, business development stuff. You're doing a variety of different technical skills and career success skills. What, like you alluded to it, but let's take this further. What was the key reason for going into the career skills, the business skills? I think, and and I I'm late to the party as far as the current team that that is full time. But I, my impression of that is, you know, Dr. John Russin's passion is really changing the world from a health and fitness perspective, right? And the health word comes first. Um, and so I think for him, there was a moment where he realized if we certify a couple thousand coaches this year. And then next year, half or three quarters of those people are back at school getting an accounting degree or they, you know, or they're, you know, they never really got their business off the ground. They're, they've got two jobs, one at a restaurant, one at a bar, and they're doing some personal training, right? Then, then the knowledge, the training system that I'm trying to share that I think is really fundamental to helping the average person build a little bit of a fitness focused lifestyle well, then the system that I'm teaching isn't actually changing the world, right? There's a very small percentage of people who are fitness professionals. And the goal is that those people are able to help the, the wider population, the wider population. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you move well and you're passionate about fitness and you eat enough protein and, and you take a fitness certification and you want to help people, the science and the system and the all the, the ways that we communicate both our, our value and our services, right? That can be majorly halted by someone who never really gets the business side of being a trainer off the ground. Um, and so I think there was sort of this idea of like, we have amazing, passionate, smart coaches and the health statistics get worse every year and the turnover in personal training is atrocious and fitness businesses fail at a really high percentage. And so if we, if we really mean that we're passionate about helping uh, the world get healthier, um, well, then we've got to be honest about where the biggest opportunity is to help fitness professionals be more successful. Right. And so part of that is the system and the accountability and the, and the, discipline that it takes to be a business operator, not just to be passionate about fitness. There's a big difference between my workout, my sleep routine, my nutrition, my supplements, and my successful fitness business that is helping a lot of people with their fitness and their sleep routine and their nutrition and whether or not they take supplements, right? Um, and so I think there's often a big delta between what people are really interested and passionate about and, and what's required for them to be able to make an impact helping people achieve the results and, and, and get what they need out of working with someone who's a fitness pro, right? And I, I love this stuff because I enjoy both the brand career business side of things and also the technical training skills. I think a lot of trainers, what they do is they self-select to continuing to get more education in on their strengths and their comfort zones. So they go and they do more courses in training and biomechanics. So what have you, and, and it's okay if we nerd out and we want to learn more about that stuff. Um, I'm currently going through uh, Renaissance periodizations, nutrition certification. I beta tested it. So I get to do it and I'm learning some valuable stuff, but there's actually some business stuff in there, which is what I'm really interested in. And then I'm going to do prescripts level one, because I want to fill in some gaps on some biomechanics stuff that I feel like I could do better with, but 
I am constantly engaged in conversations with people like you through this podcast, especially about career success principles, because again, I want people to stay in the game. And basically it's just sort of a, a different way of saying it. I think that we've got so many coaches who love doing this, but they think about this as their a transient job before they get to their real job and their grown up career. Like I never want to grow up out of this career. Like I want to be able to do this stuff. And then there are trainers. How many trainers are worried about their livelihoods and the unpredictable nature of our income? Honestly, like, you know, a, a salaried nine to five job is not secure at all. Like I, I think to Nassim Taleb's book, Anti-Fragile, which I think really goes into this really well, one shock to the system, a change in the economy, a change in your industry, um, a layoff, one foul move. And guess what? Your your salary is, is at zero. And I think within our world, like I recently had a, you know, I was gone for two weeks, basically vacation, spending time with family. I was a little sick. And I, and I had a, a downtick in my online coaching business. And of course it was summer. So my in-person clientele weren't as, as available. And I had this little shock to my system, like, oh shit. So I upregulated a whole bunch of behaviors, conversations about referrals and other things. One of my clients lives in a town two hours away. He visits me once every two to three weeks. So I start talking to him about my online coaching. And because he knows people in that town, he's like, hey man, that sounds great. I'd like to do that. So all of a sudden he's my next online client in addition to coming and see me every three weeks. So if you start having those conversations, then good stuff starts happening. But I think, again, a lot of coaches head in the turtle shell. Hey, let's go do another biomechanics course. Irony that I'm doing one. But you know, at the same time, the passion for the business stuff, I think, is where the growth is. And that's why with this conference that you're a part of, I want a lot of this stuff to be career development. Uh, if I think what we've got planned is like Kelsey and Dennis Heenan are probably going to do a talk on email marketing stuff. They're geniuses at it. Uh, Luca Hosevar always does stuff on career success. Don Saladino will do something on probably monetizing brand. I've got a brand development talk in the works. Dean Somerset's going to do something, I think, on lessons from 20 years in the industry, <laughs> mistakes he's made shit he would do differently from a guy who's been really successful. So, and I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, okay, so obviously, let's go a little deeper into this one. Um, let me gather my thoughts. Times are a bit tough for a lot of trainers, right? We've seen that. I think a lot of people are afraid to demonstrate that on their media. And so I think a lot of other trainers who are finding it harder are looking around going, well, it's just me. Everybody else is thriving. I had a recent episode, if anybody wants to listen to this with my friend Aram Gregorian, we talked about this. It was crazy popular. I've never gotten so many messages for trainers who were like, oh my God, I'm dealing with that. So let's take this further. <clears throat> How do you both tactically, but also philosophically now want to take that trainer and both make them feel better about where they are, but also what are the kind of focuses and skills you're going to say, hey, this is where you now need to pay attention to. Here's how I'm going to help. Okay. I This might go a little, uh, sure. we might take a slight off ramp here compared sure. to the question that you just asked me, but I do think, I do think it's important. I've had some conversations inside of some of the mentorship stuff that I've been doing um, that I think might be a little bit of a unique perspective. So let's let's go back for a second to when I was at my busiest, right? For me, my the majority of my training career as a personal trainer, working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, hour by hour, um, I worked in a commercial facility. So I, I, you know, after a decade plus of training, I'm at the highest level, I'm charging the most, I'm making the most as a reflection of the, the rate per session. And I'm training between, let's say, 130 and 180 sessions a month with a client roster that's probably between 18 and 25 people. That's an average training frequency of about, let's say, 2.2 to 2.5 sessions per week right? Split across all of those people. So when, when we start talking about being a full-time trainer, that's what I think that means, right? Because that's the time in my life where the only thing I did was I'm a personal trainer. I work in one place. I have a standard set of rates and this is how we can work together, right? So let's be honest, 130 to 180 hours of training includes some additional admin, programming, communication time, right? And even for myself, I, I was charging the highest rate for anyone who was working with me as a regular 
client, but I was still taking free consultations. I was still running the occasional demo session. Like at least a couple of times a month, I tried to run a, a demo for something, whether it was foam rolling or kettlebell or TRX or nutrition or whatever. Um, I taught uh, group fitness classes, at least to a certain extent, almost my whole career as a full-time trainer. Um, and there were team meetings and there was business plan stuff. And there was like just the stuff you have to do to prepare for an event or this and that. Right. So like, like 180 hours was a busy month and it still had all the other things in it. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm the first one to admit that I was in the gym six, if not seven days a week, often very early in the morning till very late at night. And I, I mean, I had a partner for most of the time. Right. But I didn't do much besides full-time focus on my business. I liked it. I got a lot of valuable connections and meaningful relationships and fun out of the time that I was spending at work. And that was one of the reasons why I loved being a personal trainer so much. Cause it was like, I get to work, I get paid, I get to work with cool people. I'm learning new things. I'm challenged. You know, I'm, I'm competitive. I get to kind of always be in that mix. I, I get to have fun. I get to go places. I get to win things, right? I got all the things that I wanted for my life out of my work, okay? And so I'm not saying that that was perfect. There was definitely some challenges, right? I think a lot of people um, who were in the industry at that time kind of talk about the untenable nature of that. But I, I just like to frame up and say that time felt busy and overwhelming, but it it felt secure, Andrew. It felt pretty stable. I was not worried about a slow month or one client dropping or moving from one club to another so that half my client base was disrupted. Like there was no point in, in let's say that 10 years where I was like, oh my God, I might not be able to pay rent this month, right? So so I, I feel like that's important to say because, and, and here's the slight off-ramp to the question that you asked me, a lot of times when I'm working with someone brand new who's trying to get their fitness business started, or if I'm working with someone who's trying to make the jump from I'm really busy full time and I'm trying to scale, like I want to open my own facility. I want to hire some people to work under me. I'm, I'm trying to add an online component. I'm trying to, I'm trying to downshift from 180 plus sessions a month. What's so interesting to me almost across the board when I'm, when I'm talking to people looking to make a new change is they start the conversation by saying, this is what I want to do. And I, I only want to work five days a week and I only want to, I want to be done by 5 PM. And it's really important to me that I can get to my kids' baseball game. And it's really important to me that I can make enough to, you know, so like the beginning of the conversation day one, like the free consult, if you want, it starts with these boundaries. Okay. And so here's, what's really interesting for me. And I'm, I'm curious, I'm even agnostic about it. I don't particularly have an opinion, but boundaries, the word boundaries has become this thing where it's like for your mental health, for your self-respect, for, for the status of the relationship that you want to be in boundaries are really important. And honestly, dude, sometimes I'm sitting here going, are those boundaries or are those roadblocks? Like you're walking into this thing. You don't even know how to be successful yet. And, and you're, I, I don't know. I don't know if the way you're approaching this is, is going to be the way to, to learn and grow and, and figure it out as you go along. You're, you're walking in with these incredible structures that may not work, right? There, I love this. This is brilliant. First of all, everything you described about your experience at the commercial gym, I came up through like almost every bit of it was identical, almost. And you've been doing it longer. Uh, but we're also both indoctrinated. It's a legit word in that system and that style. And it did take some, some experience and some exposure to other systems and ways for us to actually get pulled out of that model. And I don't think that model ever really leaves us. It certainly has it with me. Now, what you said about boundaries, I've noticed the same. I think there's a few things. One is if someone's really serious about a, a successful fitness career, certainly some of the, the grander ambitions uh, we, we sometimes hear this idea of you have to have work-life balance. It's like, first of all, this is the wrong industry if you want to have, quote, 
traditional nine to five work-life balance. In fact, many industries don't even have that anymore. That sort of illusion, that's an old model, right? Our industry is quite entrepreneurial, so we have to treat it like that. And I, I think a lot of people as well, and I think there's a generational difference. You and I are of the same generation, and I don't begrudge younger trainers who want to make a bigger difference faster, and they're not willing to be gate-kept and do a lot of rubbish for a low pay. But there's also an opportunity to learn skills. This is some Alex Hormozzi stuff I'm channeling here, right? Where you will have to pay dues. And if you, in order to learn valuable skills, especially things like sales and the training stuff, you have to be willing to do it for low pay early on. I think some of the newer generation have this idea that they're not willing to accept the way that we did it. And I both challenge whether it can, it only had to be done the way that we did it. Can there be some middle ground? But I think there has to be some realization that you don't get to have the traditional work-life balance. Here's another aspect of it. And I like this one. When someone tells me, oh, you need to have this hobby or blah, blah, blah. Why would I want to spend time doing some arbitrary thing that someone else thinks I should do that I enjoy less than the career-based stuff that I love the most, right? Which I find very fulfilling. So I want people to think about that one too. Now, I'm not saying take time away from family. I think family and boundaries in, in the traditional sense is great. The book Essentialism by Greg McKeon, I think may be the best treatment on it. But I, I think you're right. Now I want to hear more what you, you were going to say about the roadblocks. So please. Well, so so I think you're, you're totally right in, like I'll be the first one to say, I drank the Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> So I'll be the first one to acknowledge that that I think we're a product of our environment. And and in my, you know, basically from age honestly 12 all the way until my mid-20s, I was a I was an athlete on my way to being a professional athlete. And um, I think a lot of what I learned about what it takes to get the reps and the hours of practice in as an athlete translated to the same kind of idea um, in fitness, right? So so yeah, I, I, I am privileged to have learned a structure for working hard that worked really well in the fitness industry. Okay. I'm not discounting that your grade 11 year, your grade 12 year, your first year of university, your last year of university, sitting in your bedroom, doing your, your education virtually. I am not doubting that that's a completely different uh, structure. Um, and personally, if I think about that, having been part of my educational journey, I, I perceive that to be very challenging. So, so there's, there's a reality to what people believe is going to work for them. The skills that they know they have, the areas that they know they don't have a lot of experience in. There's a total reality to that. That is of a different generation than, than mine, but um, I, I also sort of think like, let's, let's, you know, the idea of the roadblocks, like, like what is the quintessential definition of, of being a successful personal trainer, right? And I'm picking personal trainer, not fitness pro for a reason. Um, I, I really struggle to agree with anyone who thinks that the quintessential definition of being a personal trainer is anything other than a huge amount of time invested in the development, the journey, the ups and downs of one client's time with you, right? And whether that's six weeks or six months or six years, right? The, the, the notion that being a successful trainer is going to be in bulk, anything other than that, to me is a little bananas, right? Um, and I just, I think about it from the perspective of where I watched my own clients struggle and succeed, what it took for different people to make their own way forward, right? It, it still, it still to me feels like a pretty time heavy relationship, right? And so I think about, let's, let's say, for example, let's flip from personal trainer to like online coach, right? So maybe there's this idea that I'm going to post stuff on social media and there's going to be a, a click to apply to train with me. And there's going to be an option for you to pick. And there's going to be a fairly automated download this app and get started. And right. That's a thing for sure. Okay. But, but I struggle a little bit to imagine that 
exactly what this person needs and exactly what they're struggling with and exactly where they're starting from is going to be met perfectly by this kind of preset automated funnel, right? And so there's a price reflection for that. Okay, well, this is less expensive to get started with. So I'm going to go ahead and, and pick this one. And that's and that's fine, right? Cost, value, price, service, whatever. But I I just, I do a little bit of online training because I have a couple people that I've worked with for any number of weeks, months, years. And, and they're in a position where having a little bit of guidance continuing on in the thing that we've done together is going to serve them perfectly well. And I, I don't really do online training for anyone other than that, because I don't feel like they're getting what they need if I just give them a list of exercises to do. Right. So again, my bias, my Kool-Aid, my bank account, right. My business. Um, but I just, I sort of look at, okay, well, if you're choosing to go that route, is it because the industry is showing us that that's the best way to make a living doing it? That that's the secure, stable, leveraging technology. AI is going to help me do all like it's the way to work smarter, not harder. Like, is that why we're going that direction? Or are we going that direction because we are terrified of having like a cold conversation with somebody and turning that into an incredibly valuable long-term training relationship, right? So like, look, this is just me, but a lot of times when I'm working with someone and they're telling me what they want their business to be, the question in the back of my mind is, why do you want to go that route, right? It's the same pain pleasure thing that we talk about for people that actually hire a trainer in the first place. Are they getting ready for looking and feeling amazing on their wedding day or are they sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Okay, so when you make a decision about how you're going to do your work, you are affected by similar influences. Am I going to do work that allows me to move away from the stuff that's uncomfortable for me, which is the conversation and the risk of rejection and the, and the requirements to communicate effectively, right? <laughs> or am I moving towards something that I think is going to be really amazing, which is like, I've always wanted to live in Costa Rica and work for two hours a week on my laptop, you know? And whatever, this is not, this is not meant to sound judgmental. It's just what happens in my own head when I talk to people about the thing they're trying to build, right? And I think what's really interesting is you'll have people that are so certain they're doing it for this reason. Well, you know, I read a book and this, and I've spent a lot of time researching and this other coach that I really respect, and I'm da -da -da -da, like, here's why I'm doing it. And then I'm like, cool, okay, let's just role play like you presenting me your training options just for fun. I'm just curious. And they kind of look at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, if we met in person and I don't know, we were in the elevator together and you were saying like, yeah, I'm an online coach and here's what I can do for you. If I wasn't like in your click funnel, like, like what would you say to tell me about this is how you can get started with me? And they're like, oh no, I don't do that. I would like, they'd scan this QR code. It would take them to a thing. Da, da, da. And I'm like, <clears throat> Right. So like, you're not even aware of how bad you are at this thing. That's really important to you being able to do your job because you've never tried it. You've never practiced it. So like, sometimes I feel like as a coach, I'm a mirror and I'm holding it up and I'm going, can you do this basic ass thing that by the way, is not fitness industry specific. It's actually like pretty human general, whether you're selling personal training or the fact that push-ups are going to help you be like, no matter what you're selling, right? It's actually pretty human general to be able to have a successful conversation with somebody. And I, I just, I find it interesting when that thing is the roadblock that people are using the structure, how they're going to go ahead and, and be successful, right? Several years ago, this is, this is insightful. And Every once in a while, like I've done this a bunch of times on, on these episodes and anybody who's a long-time listener will know when I'm doing it, but I'm like, I'm so engrossed in something. I'm like, shit, that really made me think I like this. This is not a, a direction my brain had gone in before. So I love it. So everybody listening, like, please guys go follow Logan. I want you guys actually come to my event, see Logan present, please. Okay. But I think a few years ago, I think there was a big push to sell this ideal of getting off the gym floor. And Lee Boyce, who's another one of our speakers, he and I recently had an episode about like actually having a career on the gym floor as a coach, as a viable long-term option. And like that to me is what appeals to me. But 
I remember seeing people, I think that they were selling the promise. Now, there are people who I think have done a wonderful job of giving people the skills of like online training. Jonathan Goodman just announced as my speaker. It's funny how like everybody in the lineup are perfect examples of this stuff. I didn't do this intentionally, but Jonathan provides a lot of these skills to these coaches, but there are other people in that space that I think they were sort of selling the dream of, hey, you know, live off a laptop at a beach in Costa Rica, this and that. John doesn't promise that. In fact, John kind of laughs about it. And I think what happened was a lot of people realized that that wasn't viable for most coaches. And then even some of the people who are selling it went back into these gym environments. But the people who I consider to be the smartest mentors who are credible in building the systems that you described are still actually so in touch with the person. Don Saladino, one of my speakers, Don, he only works with a couple of exclusive Hollywood celebrities right now. Ryan Reynolds being most notable. He has seven-figure business based on challenges and programs and what have you. But he invites select people into his gym that some of them he will literally have there for free to work with people who really need the help. Luca Hosovar. Luca still, despite the fact that he has a successful gym and all of this stuff going on, he still coaches group classes in his gym because he's passionate about being the coach. Those are the kind of people I like to look at and go, okay, cool. Like, like pay attention to what they're doing. Because they understand that keeping that human element is actually essential to, I think, all the other stuff you're doing. But I, but I think they do it because they love it. And I don't think they ever wanted to leave that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And, and that kind of makes me think about, you know, let's say your goal was, in fact, to live on a beach, work a couple hours on your laptop, um, and let's imagine that was the goal. Okay. And again, I'm, I'm not judgmental about that. It <laughs> sounds, it sounds lovely. It wouldn't work for me. It sounds lovely, but here's kind of the, here's kind of the thing to think about. All right. So let's say Monday at 9am, I sit down, I do my client check-ins and Thursday at 1pm, I sit down, I update everyone's programs and I check videos and I send feedback and I get everyone, you know, Hey, make sure you have your plan locked in for the weekend. And that's, that's when I do my work, right? Okay. What's the rest of my life about? Um, I'm sure I would meet some cool people in Costa Rica that I could be friends with, right? Maybe I would learn how to surf. Maybe I would grow mangoes and make my own mango puree smoothie. Um, but but here's something that I noticed for myself, even in going from commercial to, to working with the PPSC. My Monday to Friday is quite flexible. I have some calls here and there. I have things that need to get done. Um, but like, it's not like I have a 6am client and a 7am client and eight and an 830 class. And then, right. So like, even for me, the, the, the most productive I ever was, was inside of structure. Right. And so when I think about how I set myself up for success now, when I'm being creative, when I'm really hustling, when I'm, when I'm getting a sense of like, man, that was that was great. It's it's completely shifted. I used to get to the end of almost every session, sometimes as many as 13 a day. And at the end of every session, there'd be a high five. Not really about what I did, but congratulating my client, right? But there was a high five moment at the end of, of every hour. And I would often get to the end of a day and be quite tired, but feel quite fulfilled, quite satisfied. I would get to the end of a week and go, man, we got a lot of good stuff done this week. And now I got to go to my Friday night candle yoga class and I got to prep my groceries and meal prep for next week so I can do it all over again. And we'd get to the end of a month and we would have either hit our goals or not. And I would get to the end of a quarter and we'd have a big event and I'd get to the end of a year and I would have either made President's Club or not right. I'd get to the next time I was taking vacation to go to a course and I would combine you know, my vacation with learning and networking and, and whatever. So in that structure, I was around a lot of people working just as hard as I was. I was around a lot of people who had good habits and, and good behaviors that sort of promoted me sticking to, to what helped me be successful. Um, I was in a really dynamic environment where even if I was a little tired, I didn't have time to be tired for long because the music was on in the gym and there were 15 people coming in to work with their trainers and, and whatever. And I think some of what worked so well about that for me was how that reflected what being a team athlete is. You've got practice at this time. You've got workout at this time. You've got meal at this time. We're getting on the bus at this time. Everybody wears this t-shirt when we're in the gym. Everyone wears this jacket when we're on the bus, right? And so 
arguably what was really cool about the the fitness uh, industry for me was was how much of that I was used to and, and how well that helped me succeed. But now let's flip it. I just spent, I mean, I don't know if John knows exactly how many hours I spent working on the pain-free mobility certification, which was the <laughs> online thing we just did. I don't know that I want him to know because I think if we think about dollars for hours, the, the ratio might be off a little bit. But let's say I spent about two months getting the final product ready to go. That was two months of sitting at my desk, watching a video, making notes, timestamping stuff that needed to get cut out, building the resource that went behind that, sending it to the guy who edited it, watching the edited version again, uploading it onto the platform, getting someone to beta test it. Da, 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 da. So like the difference, Andrew, is it took me two months to get to that high five moment. And you know who I got to high five? My cat. Like my wife, she was very nice. She was like, oh, you're done. Great job. But like, she didn't get it. Right. <laughs> and so there was this really funny, I mean, the team congratulated me. Everyone's enjoying it. Like the online stuff is there, but like, I had a real moment where I'm like, well, damn, that feels different. Right. There's something here I really wanted to grab. <clears throat> and it's, you, you talk about, you know, the end of a long day, the end of a long week, the end of a long month, end of a long year. And I said earlier about staying in the game long run. And I think there are people you could, you could have choose one of two attitudes. You could look at this as a trainer and go, oh my God, I'm going to do, you know, multiple tens of thousands of these sessions over my life. That's one attitude you could choose. Or you could say, I get all of these hours, all these opportunities to share with someone else and give them skills and work with them and keep them on track through tough times and watch them get healthier, Right and give that to people. You get to give health and strength and independence to people, potentially for tens of thousands of hours across your career. Every trader who's been in it for a while will literally have extended the quantity and quality of life of a lot of people. Like, who gets to do that? So you can choose one attitude or the other. And sometimes, yes, end of the day, I feel a bit emotionally spent, sure. But I keep getting back up to do it all over again. Personally, my road is how can I, and again, I take on way too much, but how can I keep having that experience? Because I love training people in person. But also, how can I fairly efficiently build media and potentially some, some scalable stuff that can actually increase my ability to reach more people? And we have a, a women's online group strength program, me and Bailey. That one, yes, it. The women who join it, it's a lower price point than one-on-one -on -one training, but it gives them the structure and the tools and the support plus access to us that they self-select to because they maybe don't need that one-on-one -on -one in-person trainer. It's actually why I like online coaching. I didn't used to like it because I didn't think I could have the same impact as my in-person clients. Here's a crazy thing. My online clients get better results than my in-person clients do. Why? Because it's the kind of people who self-select to execute based on the structure and the system because they have so much. I also use a lot of voice and video message to make sure there's that human touch and that relationship, which surprised me, but I realized that I could easily recreate that human interaction through those skills. But at the end of the day, like you have a choice between the attitude you take with this. We either have one of the best possible careers you could imagine, and I look forward to getting all those opportunities, or you could look at it and go, God, I, I, like this is monotony, but it's not monotony because every session is a different experience with someone. Monotony would be the nine to five in a lot of the traditional capacities, the widget factory, so to speak, right? Metaphorically. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to flip the focus for a second. Please. And, and yeah. I'm going to talk about um, some coaching that I'm doing with a, with a gym owner. So now this is someone who, like me, was in the trenches doing a high volume of personal training. And then because he got married and had kids and, and, and needed or wanted to change what he was doing, he took on ownership of a facility and he wanted to, to sort of manage a member base and group training, have some employees and whatever. So part of what I'm helping him with is, you know, making that really work for him. And I, and I think what's really interesting for me is two things. One, he still works his business 
the exact same way he worked his client base, which is like, I'm in at 6am. I'm the first one in. And, you know, we jump on a call together on Monday morning and, and nine times out of 10, he's saying, well, you know, I didn't get as much done this weekend as I wanted to because, you know, family stuff and this, that, whatever. So, I, you know, I feel like I'm starting the week a little behind compared to where I'd like to be. And I'm like, but you, but you took this step, you made this change so that you could have weekends off so that you could spend time with your family. But like his brain, his belief structure is still, ah, I didn't get, I didn't get as much done this weekend as I should have to be set up for success this week. Right. And so, so that, you know, I, I find, I find that interesting because let's say that whatever your structure is, is going to dictate your strengths, your weaknesses, where you choose to go do your default work and, and maybe the work that you leave behind, right? And if you're really good at like getting into the details and grinding hour by hour, person by person, you're kind of going to default to continuing to do that. Well, that that doesn't make sense anymore if you've got a team of people, right? And and here's the picture that I paint. Let's say you're the, the, the owner or the leader of a, of a group and you've got five employees. If you're sweating, working hard at every single little detail and like three out of the five of your people are kind of standing at the front desk going like, man, today's really boring. Like I don't really have anything to do. Then, then that, that doesn't make sense. Right? Like, like at a certain point, part of what your job is to say, okay, person one of five, this is what you're doing today. Person two of five, this is what you're on today. Person three of five, you know, what, what's your goal for the month and what do you need to be doing to get after that great what do you need from me okay cool you got it go do it all right person four like and then i i sort of feel this way about teaching certification weekends too it took me a moment to realize that if i was just a tiny bit bored then i'd taught a phenomenal weekend as far as the the feedback that we got and 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 what people said they really enjoyed about it and it was the same thing when i was teaching um at our pt school if i had a day where I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. I kicked, I killed it. I was such a superstar today. Well, then what that meant was the students were kind of sitting there listening to me for a lot of the day. And that was not a good learning experience for them. So whether it's teacher to, to client or trainer to client or boss to employee, right? There's something to be said for they are out crushing, doing the things they need to be doing. And I have set them up to do that. I, I prod them when they need a little movement. I encourage them when they're feeling a little down. I, I create and, and I have ready for them the stuff they need so that they can take action and get to work. And then there's going to be moments where like my job is done. They are cruising. Right. And so I've sort of looked at that uh, with this individual and, and he just recently hired somebody young, brand new, coachable, excited, ready to get started. No experience. We've got some, some 18 year old stuff we got to deal with. We've got some, um, you know, like, like, you know, he likes to take his shirt off and flex in the mirror. And that's not really the way that we're going to show that we're a professional. Right. So we're dealing with all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's totally normal. It's totally fine. And the kid's great. Like I, I like him a lot, but what's so interesting for me is watching this, this leader default to well, I've got to go do this thing because I'm faster at it. He's a little slower. I'm better at it. He's not quite there yet. And so there's been this really interesting shift around. I know you can do it. And I know you can do it faster. And I know that you want him to sit and study his notes and be ready to cue and exercise and, 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 you know, pass your test, pass your standards, right? Go be a little mini me version of you. But we got to be honest about the fact that sitting down and, and watching a bunch of pre-recorded content is not exciting and motivating, especially not if I'm being told to do it multiple times in a row. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, for sure, I learned the most by showing up in a situation and not being prepared for it and having to figure it out and getting to the end of the hour and being like, wow, that did not go the way I wanted it to. And simultaneously having this understanding that, well, that's on me. I now have to go fill the gap to be better for the next time, right? So this, this I, I kind of bring all of this back to the same roadblocks, which is like, if you know what you want and what you don't want and how you want your calendar to go and how much money you want to make and how your services are going to be defined and how your 
marketing flow. Like if you know all of these things up front, it's kind of worse than walking in with no clue. You're walking in with your mind shut, right? And so then let's say you, you're unprepared. You, you try to deliver the thing. It doesn't work. You're way more likely to create meaning around that. And then that's frustrating. That's the roadblock. That's the lack of security. That's the lack of opportunity. That's the, I don't know if I can make it, right? And so, so I, again, I find it so curious that when people are brand new to something, they know all of this stuff up front. And I just find it really interesting because even now, I mean, I'm going on 26 years as a coach, trainer, fitness professional, whatever, Andrew, the amount of stuff I don't know for what I'm responsible <laughs> for doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Like it's honestly one of the reasons why I get up in the morning because I'm like, oh my God, I have to figure out how to send out this email flow for Europe because we've got some events going over there and I have no idea how to do that. So I'm going to have to watch some YouTube videos and I'm going to try a test run and I'm going to, then I'm going to get a bunch of bounce back. And so like I walk into every single one of my days at least chasing, getting better at something I don't know. And then it's just, it's so astounding to show up on a call with someone and have them give me a list of all the stuff they know up front. And I'm like, it's just, you know, I, I, I'm still interested in figuring it out. I'm still interested in that conversation, but I just, I find it to be curious where everything I know comes along at the same time as I don't know if the industry is going to give me what I want or if I'm going to be able to make it or, you know, so I, I find it to be an interesting mindset or an environment to to help people try to be successful in. I hope everybody listening was lit up with this one. This is fun. Um, I, I'm similar. I love learning. I'm immersed in I mean, all sorts of stuff right now on, on top of learning skills around the, the business growth. I think a lot of people can get caught in a trap of consuming to procrastinate. It's a very emotionally soothing way to procrastinate from actually doing the hard things and the build, develop the media and the stuff. And, and I'm big on building the brand and the media side, whether it's the writing, the video, what have you. But whatever it is, the, the, the business systems, we all have to get uncomfortable in learning those things. And I enjoy the challenges stuff too. Um, almost at a time. So we definitely want <clears> to <throat> give people an incentive to come to my event Again, October 13th and 14th at Edmonton. Of course, you guys can message me if you want specific details. I will tell you the entire lineup. I obviously listed a lot of the people during this. There's so many more. So why do you want people to come there? Well, I'll, I'll give you what I think might be my unique perspective. You have been incredibly generous inviting me into the, the creation space, if you will, whether it's podcast or article or speaking or, or whatever. Um, and so here's where I'll be honest. I will do my very best to, to meet and exceed your expectations, but a little part of me thinks, how did I fool him into thinking that, that I should be in this lineup? Right. And I think this is like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not actually nervous and afraid. It's just, I, I look at the list of people and I go, you know, I think maybe he's, he's got me wrong. I'm not sure that I belong here. But look, here, here's the message, okay? If you're a personal trainer, if you're an online coach, if you're trying to get into the industry, if you've been in the industry for a while, if you look at this event and you go, no, I don't think that's for me, that's why you should come. Because, because this idea we have of where we belong, what our role is, what impact we can make, where we have the right to show up. That's such a self-limiting thing that's the exact opposite of what we give our clients, which is, you might be a little overweight now, but I see you healthy, fit, and in shape. You might feel like your knee pain is getting in the way right now, but I see you crossing the finish line of that 10K. So our job as a personal trainer is to hold space for the possibility of development, improvement, growth, right? All the things that we want for our clients to get to a new height, a new place, a new definition of who they are in their own mind. That's our job. And if we don't consistently seek out that same barrier busting experience for ourselves, 
then the risk that we run is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick up enough new clients to make it another year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to handle the fact that technology has such a bigger role in fitness than I feel qualified to leverage. I don't know if I can really be of the value I need to charge in order to make my business successful. Right. And so, you know, we might be super fit and we might be really healthy and we might have certain things, um, locked down, but it doesn't mean that we aren't challenged by the same fear preventing us from being in the room. Right. So I think that's, that's maybe my suggestion when you, when you invited me to speak a little tiny part of me was like, what, but I, but I just teach this cert and I go where they tell me to. And I teach the thing they tell me to, but I, I encourage I, I appreciate the opportunity and, and I'll say to, to people the same thing that I said to myself, when someone invites you in, you have to say yes. And then the gap between what you know you're ready for and what it will take to be successful for the, for the structure of the invitation, that's the thing you get out of bed for in the morning. That's the thing you look up on YouTube. That's the thing you try, practice, fail, try again and get it right. Like that's the invitation. And fitness will always be an industry where if we are not bravely taking that leap, then there is no system structure, email flow, social media campaign, or discount promo that's going to save us. If we don't believe that we can get there, we never try. And if we don't try, we fail, right? And so um, I think that's, that's, if nothing else, the reason for it. You couldn't ask for a more well-intentioned group of people showing up to, to help you navigate that fear and experience something really amazing. Um, and I think it's phenomenal, Andrew, that you're doing all the hard work to bring something like this to a cool little town in Canada um, instead of people having to go to, you know, Miami or wherever to get access to some of this Big stuff. Believer so, in thank that. You. so real quick, I mean, just, just to endorse you, uh, you know, I had a glowing endorsement of you from, John Rusin reached out to me about the PPSC like a few years ago. Obviously, Cliff's an old friend. I met them both in 2017. Traveling these events and relationships that you'll develop is, is the bonus. Like, it's the best part. It's why I've gotten to all of the cool stuff that I've gotten to do. And then, so I went to the course. You're great with people. Like, you're great with education. Your legacy of the position that you're in prior where you are now is, is obviously, uh, you know, hard-earned and not an accident, right? And then on top of it, what do we do? I recommended you for Inland Empire Fitness Conference where we spoke together. You were dynamite. Again, uh, you know, connected you up with Nick Lamb, who also spoke of that. You've done some stuff with Nick's virtual stuff. You've got the track record. So, and anybody listening to this is going to be like, holy shit, I got to go do this. So I really hope you guys actually will come and join. Um, I would also say, little favor, this episode was dynamite. This is probably some mindset stuff that's going to help some trainer that you know personally. Take this episode, share it with a trader. If each one of you does this, it literally doubles the listenership of this episode, which would be pretty cool. Share it with one trainer friend of yours because you're sharing Logan. And who knows, this might be really beneficial to them where they are. I'm out of time, Logan. I appreciate you. I can't wait to see you. We're like six weeks away. And everybody listening, like I said, if you have questions, just shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm easy to get a hold of. Thank you guys so much.